Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. Today is March 23rd, the year 2021. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe down below. The podcast can be found where all popular podcasts are found. The Browns have absolutely been killing it. Andrew Berry in free agency, knocking it out of the park with John Johnson III, Troy Hill, uh, Anthony Walker, Malik Jackson, of course, uh, among others, re-signing Rashad Higgins, Rashad Higgins, pardon me, uh, all, all good stuff from the Browns, uh, loaded up on this defense to fix things, uh, Tack McKinley is a little bit of a lottery ticket, uh, you know, some people out there kind of maybe hyping that up a little bit too much, but I think that that will be addressed either in free agency or early in the draft, something that we can get to here on the show. We've got a huge week at All Eyes on Cleveland for you this week. Uh, Tonight, special guest, uh, host of the Colts Law Podcast, uh, Lawrence Owen, will join us momentarily to talk about one Anthony Walker, among other things in the NFL and free agency. And tomorrow night, do not miss it. 9 p.m. sharp. Be here for Brown's offseason. What is next? As the one and only Jake Burns will join me to discuss what's next for the Browns. Do they uh, make any more moves in free agency? Uh, what potentially could those targets be? And where do they turn their focus as far as the draft goes to continue to build this team up to contend for a Super Bowl title? Uh, we will talk about in this interview the NFL.com's top 10 power rankings. Uh, we will talk about Anthony Walker. We'll talk about some free agents that are still out there. Uh, and uh, after that is over, we will come back and I have just a few thoughts for you. Then we'll get you up and out of here on tonight's All on Cleveland. Mikey's on the ones and twos. Mikey, are we ready for uh, Lawrence? Is he prepared for this interview? Are we ready to go? Mikey, you are the man as always. Uh, And with that, let's uh, transition to the interview. And we are absolutely thrilled to welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland tonight our special guest, He is Lawrence Owen of the Colts Law Podcast. You can find his uh, YouTube channel at Lawrence Owen on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Yes, we're thrilled to have you on uh, doing a uh, Browns free agent profile on linebacker Anthony Walker. uh, Three, four years, three years, four years uh, with the uh, three years with the Colts, right? Uh, no, he, he ran the full four-year stint. Okay, the full four-year stint with the Colts uh, and uh, wanted to get into what exactly the Browns are getting with Anthony Walker. Uh, so start where. What what are the Browns getting here? A middle linebacker, right? Uh, he's going to be replacing B.J. Goodson for us. I'm sure he's going to play that role. So uh, what are the Browns getting in Anthony Walker? Okay, so Anthony Walker is uh, your traditional Mike linebacker, that that center middle linebacker, and he's not necessarily um, an athletic freak by any by any means. Okay, he, he's not that guy that you're expecting to to cover people sideline to sideline or something of that. However, what he does bring, he brings very very well. What he does very well is he reads an offense, he studies hard. He tackles well. He's a leader on the field and in the locker room. Um, players around him love him because he helps them get into a uh, position when he sees an offense and knows what the play is about to. He'll get players in the right place to make plays. Um, he's gotten better over the last couple of years, actually, in, in pass coverage. He's still not that super speedy guy, obviously, but he's still – he's – just an absolute beast up the middle uh, against the run and recognizing play schemes. That's, I mean, that's uh, what I've heard. You know, the, what I wanted to ask you about was Darius Butler's, uh, you know, his video. Thank you to 
uh, Anthony Walker was stunning. I haven't seen anything like that for a player leaving anywhere. Uh, I mean, he credited him with the kind of person he is, the player he is. I mean, he was just gushing about uh, Anthony Walker. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, where does that come from? Uh, it comes from the fact that uh, Anthony Walker was a second year in the NFL when Darius Leonard got drafted. And when Leonard came in, he was still young. He didn't know much about the NFL, you know, wasn't up to the NFL speed. Walker took him under his wing immediately. See, his father was a, his father, Anthony Walker's father is a coach uh, for football. He wants to be a coach when he uh, stops playing in the NFL and he's got the mindset to do so. So he sat there and he taught Leonard how to read uh, film and prepare ahead of time for games uh, sat him down, showed him uh, the ropes of the NFL in general. And Walker's, or Walker basically helped Leonard become the man who he is today. And Leonard straight up said, you know, I wouldn't be the dynamic player, or at yeah. least as fast as I was, without Walker in my corner showing me the ropes. Yeah, I, I heard him mention the film study and even Mary Kay Cabot in the interview uh, with Walker here in Cleveland, brought up his film study as as a big part of the player that Walker is, that he spends countless hours uh, watching film and so forth. Yeah, actually, uh, he's one of those guys, after a Sunday game, you know, Monday, you're either celebrating or relaxing or recouping from the game. He's in the film room without coaches, by himself, studying for the next game. Right. Yeah. He's he's looking at the offensive line. He's looking at the quarterback, looking for little things that he can read so that he knows what's going to happen on play. So he's prepared. He does this on his own. And then on Tuesday, when he comes in or Wednesday, whichever day it is that they have the team practice and meetings and stuff, walkthroughs, he'll yeah. he'll come in with what he's he's found out and he'll bring it to his fellow linebackers, show them everything, and then take it to his coaches and and you know, work with them on that as well. So, yeah, he's he's a coach on the field and off the field. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland special guest tonight, Lawrence Guy of the Colts Law Podcast. Um, so a little bit about why the Colts let him go. I think a lot probably from what I've read had to do with Bobby Okariki. Uh, they're real high on him. He's a, he's a stud I, I, from what I can tell. Uh, you were upset that Walker – left a and then b more or so probably got just the 3.5 million dollars as the browns kind of got him on the cheap uh is that why were you so upset about that you thought he would deserve a bigger deal or are you just upset that he left in general well first off i understand why the colts moved on chris ballard is the the colts gm he's he's yes. good at drafting uh, very specific positions, safety, linebacker, offensive line, running back. He's very good at that. And so at the linebacker position, we're very, very deep. And Bobby Okariki, who is going to be replacing Anthony Walker, is a little bit faster, better in coverage. And since Walker is more of a Mike linebacker and the Colts don't use Mike nearly as much uh, in a traditional four, three set. They generally are okay. in that nickel position all the time. Um, so they're going to be using Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki more often than they would be with Anthony Walker coming up. It's not to say Anthony Walker can't play in the nickel last year. He played very, very well. I mean, he led the, he led, he had more tackles than Darius Leonard did last season and had less snaps. So yeah. that, that, that speaks volumes. Now, yes, I'm upset. Walker's a Colt fan favorite. Uh, that's just to say outright, go talk to a Colts fan. They'll tell you. Uh, Walker is an absolute stud. Everybody loves him. But um, when he left, I predicted him to get I, – I, I fully believe he's a $10 million linebacker. Okay? I really do. With what he brings on the field, I think he's a $10 million linebacker. He's not a $20 million linebacker. Those – those are the guys, you know, uh, like the Darius Leonard's and and the Fred Warner's and things like that that are out there in the in the NFL. Certainly, yeah. uh, but he's he brings enough that I think that he is that that you know two steps down from the superstardom that that rock solid middle of the the, 
um, defensive front seven that will absolutely help not just himself, but your the all the guys around you, you know. And I think that 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 is lost on a lot of people that he may not be the most athletic guy in the world, but because of what he brings and how he sets up the defense, he makes those athletic guys that are around him play that much faster, better, and smarter. So it just yeah. it increases. Uh, how good a defense is just for him being out there on the field with them. So, yeah, when I saw that the Cleveland Browns signed him <laughs> for pennies compared to what I thought, I was very upset. I was yeah. very upset. And, and, and it's not – I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset that he got signed. Um, it's just I, – I understand in this COVID salary cap hit that we've got right now, I understand that the long-term big monies – are safe for the really, really big names out there. I expect him next season once the uh, smoke clears and the team salary cap rises back up that he'll demand a, a much stronger uh, amount of money. Yeah, I was just going to say, he probably is exactly what you're describing, and he probably deserves that kind of money. It's just not the year for that, and it's, it's probably why he just took a one-year deal. I mean, guys in that situation that just saw the market fall – are just going to take that one-year deal, go prove it, and then go try to get paid. My hope is that he does it really well in Cleveland and that Cleveland can pay him. Obviously, they uh, the Cleveland front office doesn't value the the linebacker position very much as with their analytics and, and so forth and so on. So this signing uh, was big for them uh, to get a leader like that in there. And I'd like to see him stick around, especially, you know, we'll see how he performs and everything, but it certainly sounds like he will bring a boost to that defense. Uh, obviously, uh, I wanted to move on next to what you thought about the Browns free agency as a whole, you know, obviously it was highlighted by John Johnson, the third, which they also got on the cheap, who was probably more like an $18 million linebacker that they got for like 11, uh, or, you know, five, uh, just a $5 million cap hit this first year. But, like, you know, he's an absolute stud. They got him, and then they bring Troy Hill. So you get two-fifths of the best defense in the NFL secondary coming over, and then they add Anthony Walker. Tack McKinley is kind of a lottery ticket uh, that you're hoping that that talent, that first-round talent, you know, blossoms here in Cleveland. Uh, and you hope that he benefits playing opposite Miles Garrett, obviously. Uh, and then you, uh, they went ahead and got um, – uh, the uh, uh, defensive tackle uh, that they just added here in the last uh, 24 hours or 48 hours or so. Uh, so uh, thoughts on the Browns free agency as a whole? Oh, yeah, I think the Browns have done a very good job of getting uh, quality players in positions that they need uh, for relatively cheap. Now, a lot of these are all one-year deals, like the Malik Jackson, Malik Jackson that you just – Mentioned, you know, that's a one-year deal. Tack McKinley, you know, one-year deal. Uh, Anthony Walker sitting on a one-year deal. These are guys that they're kind of approve-it deals. Yes. They, they, they have a high-end ceiling, but they don't know what they're going to bring to the team on the low end, and that's that's a little bit worrisome. Um, but at the same time, it's a chance for these guys to show up, show out, and possibly make a big contract uh, next season. I love the Troy Hill signing. We talked about this before we went um, yeah. before we went live here, <laughs> and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna ball out. I think uh, as as a nickel corner, I think that he's he's very quick. He's agile. He's got a great ability to um, change direction right yeah. on a snap of a finger, which is what you need at a nickel cornerback. Um, now he's a willing tackler but he just doesn't have the body size to, yeah. to just light someone up. So, um, it, it, yes, he'll, he'll, he'll shove his helmet in there in the run game, but it's more generally to slow someone down rather than to just make a, a, a flashy stop in the backfield. Um, yeah, absolutely. John Johnson was your, in my opinion, the, the, the biggest signing you guys had. I mean, three yeah. years, 33 mil, uh, got him on, on the cheap. You got Cody Parkey uh, re-signed. I, I seen yeah. that. That's that. What, what are your thoughts on, on re-signing Cody? Uh, kickers, man. I, I don't know. You know, 
I, I can't ever kicker kicking the kicking game is so fickle in the NFL. It's like, you know, from one year to the next, a guy's good to bad and back. We've seen the we've seen Parky struggle percentage wise. He kicked well for the Browns late. Uh, he doesn't have a very big leg, uh, but once a guy kicks in Cleveland, it's almost like you almost want to just retain him because you don't want to teach another guy to kick in Cleveland. It, the the swirling winds, the flags are deceptive. It's a really hard place to kick. So once you have a guy that has, even has a little bit of success, you almost want to retain him and let him build on that. So I understand why they did it for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, do I do I think that if he starts off poorly in the first couple of weeks that we could see another kicker halfway through the year again? Certainly. It, it's happened many a times in Cleveland, for sure. Yeah, so, I, was just, I was just curious about that because yeah. I'm a big special teams guy. I think the yeah. special teams are incredibly underrated when it comes to an NFL team because that's uh, three points here, uh, field position there, things of that nature. The small things make it a lot easier for the other the the big boys on offense and defense to do their job properly. So I think, you know, um going out and getting somebody uh especially a punter and a kicker and then of course um your good gunners on your punting team and 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 kickoff uh teams are very very important in my opinion. So I I just didn't know how you felt about your special teams cuz I I honestly haven't really looked into it and I was just curious about it. Yeah, they, I mean, I like their special teams coach a lot. He actually was the head coach, uh, you know, when uh, Stefanski went out uh, for the playoff game. He stepped up. He's a, he's a really good uh, coach. The They kept uh, Kadero Hodge around. He's kind of a special teamer. JoJo Natson is a good special teamer. But they let a couple guys go, too, that were really good on special teams. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. They they haven't been fa- they haven't been great in special teams by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly, they want to play complementary football, and it's something that Stefanski preaches nonstop. So it's something they can improve on for sure. And and you'd like to think a second year uh, will go will go well there. Uh, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest Lawrence Owen of the Colts Law pa- Podcast. Go check it out. Uh, probably where all popular podcasts are found. You can check it out on Sportscaster and on YouTube, of course, under Lawrence Owen. Uh, so, Lawrence, uh, you do an outstanding job here. Thank you for your, your thoughts. I want to switch a little bit here to the Colts, a little bit your realm of things. Thoughts on free agency for the Colts so far? It's been kind of more about retaining your own guys, hasn't it, Ben? Oh, absolutely. Um, that is <clears> – <throat> sorry about that. That is that is a big thing that the Colts GM Chris Ballard, since he's been with the Indianapolis Colts, has preached. Draft well, sign your own guys. That way you don't have to rely on spending big money in free agency on getting someone that whether you don't know if they're going to play well for you or not. You know, they might play well for another team, but when you bring them in, you don't know if they fit, you know. So yeah. I think uh his what he's been doing is is very very smart um he's not really spent he's under a little heat this year because yeah. you know the Colts are missing a, le- a starting left tackle starting defensive end um there's question marks on uh, at the cornerback position there's question marks at the wide receiver position however i i honestly believe that what he has done in the last three years as as a GM, I'm not counting his first year because uh, he had a different system, different coaches. But since he's been with Frank Reich and that coaching system, everything that he has done has been top notch. So until he proves to me otherwise, I just have to sit back and go, I got to trust what he's doing. Yeah, I like Chris Ballard a lot. I like Frank Reich a lot. So that kind of makes me like the organization as a whole. And, you know, it's kind of something the Browns have been striving to get to. And, you know, so I feel like, you know, they're both, you know, right there, second tier teams in the AFC. I feel like they're both in the same kind of category there. Um, thoughts on the Carson Wentz move? How does that change things for you? I mean, uh, <laughs> really, I mean, so it's like it makes sense, right? Frank Reich is, is where he had success. I don't know what happened to Carson. Uh, it's unexplainable almost. It's like he got the yips or or what happened there. So, 
do you think he comes out of that? Just thoughts in general on them going that direction. All right, so I'm going to come clean straight up. Yeah. When I – he was not my first – as a matter of fact, I was I was kind of like – I don't know if anybody here watches the Pat McAfee show, but Pat McAfee was not big on Carson Wentz either. All right, right. and neither was I. I was, I was more of – Go send a second-round pick and go get Sam Darnold, see what he could look like behind this Colts offensive line. Uh, yeah, That's what I, I was that. looking at. However, after the trade, I looked. I was like, okay, so it's a second and a third, possible uh, first and a third, depending upon how well he plays. Probably then, a first, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was looking at it. And I, this man was sacked 50 times in 12 <laughs> games. Yeah. 50. Yeah. He was on pace to set an NFL record. Of course he's going to play awful, right? They yeah. couldn't protect him. His his uh players weren't weren't there for him. Um the obviously from what I was seeing the coach didn't like him that much. He didn't like the coach. There wasn't any kind of conversation between him and Howie Roseman, the GM. So yeah. there was a lot of of divide between him and that uh, the front office of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm thinking He's going to the Colts now where there's Frank Reich. He, he remembers him. Uh, he trusts him. He likes him. They work well together. The Colts legitimately have four guys, four coaches that were once or currently a quarterback's coach. All right. Huh. So that's going to be huge. Frank Reich was a quarterback's coach and a quarterback. The offensive coordinator was last year's quarter, uh, um, quarterback's coach. Yeah. Uh, for the Colts after um, uh, Sirianni left this season to go to Philadelphia, believe it or not, which was kind of <laughs> odd. Yeah. And then uh, his current quarterbacks coach and the quarterbacks coach has an assistant quarterbacks coach. So he's got four coaches to work with him to help help get his uh, confidence back and get him get him up to speed. What what do I think he'll do this season? I don't know. Um uh, there was he was out in California passing the football around with Michael Pittman Jr. and Des Patman with the Colts. That's uh, good. So, and you know the, there was a, that big whole debate about Carson Wentz uh, not getting his number eleven because of Michael Pittman Jr. and they thought there was going to be you know some kind of uh, bad rub in Rift. that situation. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's not obviously Wentz wouldn't have been in California afterwards throwing the ball to him and practicing if there was. And then Wentz, of course, uh, came up with number two. I think, in all honesty, depending upon how the Colts fix this left tackle situation, I think he'll be fine because the Colts' offensive line is very, very good. They have a very, very solid run game to take the pressure off of him, and they got weapons at what even if T.Y. Hilton doesn't come back, they still have Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, they still have running backs that can catch the football out of the backfield. If Paris Campbell can stay healthy, he is a dynamic receiver. I, I don't think that uh, Wentz is going to have near the troubles he had last year in Philadelphia. There are some left tackles out on the market, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Villanueva. There's somebody better than him, too. Uh, you could you could get Mitchell Schwartz and kick him out to tackle if you wanted to. Uh, I don't, uh, all right. Uh, you, you might laugh at this because you know this is a cleveland okay. podcast but i don't like villanueva all right <laughs> i've watched I villanueva's i've yeah. watched villanueva's film for the last two seasons and this he man has smoked. went he's yeah. went downhill the last two seasons drastically he, he i don't like him at all uh he was good three four years ago but no now doubt. it just seems like you know he's he's starting to fall off a cliff there are some guys out there that i'm interested in uh, but you got to also remember this draft class for tackle position is incredibly deep. You can get starter quality starter positions in the second round, I think, um, in this upcoming draft. And I think that's where Ballard's going to probably get that replacement, considering okay. he is very good. He has proven that he's very good at drafting offensive linemen across the board. So that's probably where he'll go get it. Sounds good. Uh, questions. Let's see here. Okay. So there's a couple guys out there, Colts wise, actually more than a couple, uh, that are unsigned. Uh, the, the highlight of those names are obviously you mentioned T.Y. Hilton. I think that he's gotten offers. It seems like, but he wants to come back to Indy. It feels like, uh, and he's kind of waiting for them to maybe come around to, to the price range he wants. I don't know what will happen there. Justin Houston, 
Uh, I don't know what you think he has left in the tank uh, as far as an edge rusher. Malik Hooker is an interesting prospect. I know he's been hurt, but started off his career very good, has good instincts back there. Somebody could add depth with him uh, at, at safety and maybe even give him a starting job if they were desperate enough, uh, certain teams. Uh, you know, TJ Carey was a Brown. I don't know how mm-hmm. you feel that he played with the Colts, but he did a good job when he was with the Browns in his role, uh, playing in, in the nickel a little. Uh, Trey Burton is certainly a good player, tight end. All these guys are still out there. Thoughts on any of those guys coming back to the Colts? I gave you thoughts on all of them if you want. Okay, yeah, uh, fire, um, fire away. Starting off with T.Y. Hilton, I don't know. I, I would like – I'm part of the hashtag bring T.Y. home. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, uh, it trended yesterday. Number it only, one, it only feels right. Like it feels like yeah. he should retire a Colt. You know. Yeah, I, I believe so too. But you know, at the same time, he's coming near the end of his career. The last three, four years of his career, so he might be ring chasing. Uh, okay. If he signs with a, a team that is uh, a top four pick for the Super Bowl this year, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, you know, the the Bucks or something like that, I'll, I'll root for him. You know, until until he's playing against the Colts, but yeah. I'll root for him because you know he deserves a ring in my opinion. But if he comes back to the Indianapolis, I sure as heck will have uh, no hard feelings about that. I definitely want him back. Uh, he's he's a very solid and capable receiver, even though he is on the wrong side of thirty. Um, when it comes to Justin Houston, um, I think that his experience and veteran presence and leadership alone is worth bringing back to the Indianapolis Colts, especially since they need um, uh, more help at the defensive end position. Um, I think that Justin Houston is probably out there trying to look for uh, his last real contract. And yep. And so we'll see if he comes back. I don't know. Malik Hooker probably won't be back because the Colts uh, are very strong at the safety position. Um, Then we got Kari Willis at strong safety and our free safeties. Julian Blackman was a rookie last year that took over for him. Uh, I think I think Malik Hooker, legitimately, if he could stay healthy, could be a dynamic safety in the NFL. I think he's uh, visiting with the Cowboys, and that's okay. a position that the Cowboys absolutely need. And it actually could, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, could be a very good signing out there. Uh, TJ Carey, I like TJ Carey. Heck, he had a pick six last year for the Colts, you know. Uh, had a few interceptions. Uh, came in uh, near the end of the year uh, to replace Rocky Sin because Rock was getting a lot of uh, pass interference penalties because he's a very physical corner. TJ mm-hmm. came in, played very, very well. I would not mind him coming in for depth uh, yeah, because for sure. the Colts just re-signed Xavier Rhodes uh, back to a one-year deal. So that would be that would basically be bringing back everybody that they had last year plus uh we have a uh couple guys that were in the secondary that uh took the year off due to covid they'll be coming back like marvell tell who was a very solid uh secondary player as well um what was another one of those guys i didn't think uh oh yeah uh trey, trey burton. burton yeah i would like to move on from trey burton okay so, uh trey burton yes he can he, he's kind of like um the other former tight end that the Colts had that went to Pittsburgh, uh, <laughs> he <laughs> he's Eric Ebron. Yeah, he can make dynamic plays in the pass game, but he has a problem with drops. Yeah, and he cannot block for crap. And if I want a tight end, I get it. You want a tight end? Like I mean, everybody would love to have tight ends the way Cleveland has tight ends. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Or, yeah, uh, you don't have any idea how many times we've we've heard trade rumors for Cleveland tight ends. Um, But I'm okay with the way the Colts have their tight ends. Mo Alley-Cox is a very underrated tight end as well. I Uh, like him a lot. Yeah, He he reminds me of Njoku very much. They seem like very similar players. And and he didn't get to go out for receptions very much last year because, uh, quite frankly, him and Jack Doyle didn't go out to go for receptions very much because Phillip Rivers is a, was a very immobile quarterback, and they needed yeah. to keep guys in there to help protect him uh, in the pass game. And then, of course, in the run game, they're out there blocking as well. I think with, guy, with a guy like Carson Wentz, you'll probably see them a lot more active in the pass game, uh, making routes and stuff. So 
Uh, I don't think we need Trey Burton. Could we go out and get another tight end, uh, receiving tight end? Sure. I would have no problem. There's there's been rumors about Zach Ertz. You know, Zach Ertz. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that. Ertz makes so much sense, right? Yeah. I mean, him and Carson has, has a good, uh, had a good thing going on in Philadelphia. And if he comes to the Colts on, on, on the only thing I don't like is I would want that contract renegotiated. I don't want the Colts to pay seven, eight million dollars for a guy that's like 33 years old no. um, that had a really bad season last year. So yeah. uh, I I wouldn't mind having him, but I'd want that contract renegotiated. For sure. Uh, there's some rumors out there right now. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been linked to the Colts. Thoughts on Sammy? Sammy's coming in for a visit tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I'm not real high on Sammy. What are your thoughts on him? He's not a number one. All right, no. uh, that's just straight facts. But if you have a number one and you need someone that can take a top off a of defense to help your tight ends and your and your other number one get open, Sammy's that guy. He's that guy that can that will force a team to drop a safety back in order to, you know, open up the field for the other guys. I think Michael Pittman Jr. can definitely take that number one wide receiver position for the Indianapolis Colts. If T.Y. Hilton is re-signed, I don't think we'll need Sammy Watkins nearly as much. But if he's not, I think the Sammy Watkins signing would make sense for the Colts. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you got to fill that void somewhere. You just hope he stays healthy. If he's healthy, he can do a lot of damage. But he just misses so many games, right? Yeah, that's well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like – uh, Paris Campbell, you know, the two years that yeah. he's been with the Indianapolis Colts, he's been injured. And, you know, yeah. when he's healthy, he's incredibly dynamic and, and, Super and fast, yeah. can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, so if you sign Sammy Watkins on a cheap deal, that's fine by me because that that's kind of counteracting. You got two guys that have uh, issues with injuries. Maybe one can stay healthy compared to the other, you know, and you know, it could work out. Okay. All right. As long as it don't cost too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Uh, so here's here's where we're at. Okay, let me wind things down here. I want to do a little exercise with you. I checked out on NFL Network, or uh, not NFL Network, pardon me, NFL.com, Lawrence, the power rankings, uh, NFL.com's power rankings. So there's a bunch out there right now. Post-free agency power rankings, okay? I want to get your thoughts on some of these because I have some feelings on some of them as well. Uh, let's see where you're at. Predict, Give me your top four and see if they line up with NFL Network or NFL.com. Uh, over the entire NFL? Yeah, entire okay. NFL power rankings post-free agency. Um... Let me see here. We're looking at uh, – I got the Rams in the top four. Okay. I've got Tampa in the top four. I think those are the top two teams in the NFC right now. Okay. Um, I think in the AFC, I'm still going to go with the Bills and the Chiefs. Okay. Very close. So they go Tampa number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can live with that. They returned everybody, right? They're running it back. Chiefs number two, I can live with that, right? They're running it back in the AFC. They got Green Bay at three. They got Buffalo at four. Okay. Where All did right. they have the Rams at? Do you know? The Rams are, yes, I do. Uh, the Rams are at nine. See, I think the Rams. With Stafford? I, I, I think that's I think that Stafford trade with the Rams, I think that that pushes them way over the top. People okay. I, I I am so high on Matt Stafford and I think he is way better than Jared Goff, especially for that offense. So uh I mean they had the number one defense in the NFL last year. Yes, yep. they lost a couple players off that defense, but they've still got studs everywhere. They did. And, and then they've got good receivers, they got a good run game, they needed a quarterback and Matt Stafford. I'm I'm seriously. I think that uh, they'll probably take the NFC West next year. Yeah, I'm high, I'm high on them too. Just gives a McVay and and mm -hmm. giving him Stafford. I think that they do a lot. Uh, I already like them as a team just because of the way they play defense. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the Rams as well. I think they're they're better than ranked here. Uh, last week we had uh, the Believe in Rams host. It's Isaac Bruce. And Doc Holliday, who was a running back for them back with Isaac Bruce, and Doc Holliday came on the show last week to talk about 
John Johnson III, and I was piling the table for Troy Hill, and then they signed him the next day, so it worked out perfectly, but uh, it was cool. So, so awesome guest. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So just just like you coming into profile, uh, my guy here, uh, uh, Anthony Walker, A-Walk, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Then they go Ravens at five. What do you think about Ravens at five? I think they – I'm very close friends with a guy who runs a, a Ravens podcast. and Yeah. Um, What's his name? Uh, <laughs> Put you on the spot. Uh, I, I'm close with a guy. I'm close with Kyle uh, Andrews. Desert Kyle Raven. Andrews. Oh yeah. no, no. I, I'm I'm uh, NF Podcasts is what the, the podcast that uh, I I follow. It's he calls it's Joe Nubo. Okay. Um, so you know, uh, I was with him on Sportscaster doing a bunch of stuff last season. Um, like three or four times a week, we were together. Um, okay. But to be fair, I don't know. I don't think that the Ravens are. Are number five. Uh, I would actually, in all honesty, I, I think he's going to hate me. I think Cleveland is better than than the Ravens right now. Yeah. Um, I, I I think New England right now, uh, depending upon the quarterback situation, could be right there because of the free agency that they had. Uh, they had a very solid. They, they filled a lot of positions that they needed drastically that were very bad positions last year. I think New England is up there. Um, I can't rank the Colts right now because they have a few positions that still need to be filled out, and I'll have to wait until after the draft. Um, But I I think the Colts are a playoff team. Just where at in that playoff scheme um, is the question. I think that for me, the Colts can be right there – it all just depends on Wentz. Like I, I, I just mm-hmm. so much depends on what you get out of Carson Wentz. If I mean, if you get the old Carson Wentz, right, uh, the good version of Carson Wentz, they, I mean, the sky's the limit for that team because uh, their defense is so good and everything. I just uh, a very complete team, always well coached and, and just disciplined, and uh, you know. So I, I think a, a lot of the Colts, if the quarterback position works out, right? You know, I just think that's the major question. Let me go through this list here and see, get your thoughts on this, okay? So I agree with you on the Ravens. I, they've been trying to get a receiver all free agency. They can't, who, nobody wants to go there and be a receiver because your numbers are going to go mm-hmm. in the crapper, right? Uh, I mean, it, you know, they're trying to get Sammy Watkins. I, I don't know, you know, if that works. They tried to get, go big and get, uh, Galladay, that didn't work out. I mean, why would Galladay go there in the first place? You know, I mean, they're just they just don't throw the ball enough or effectively enough. Uh, you, they have the Saints at six, and I, you know, I kind of go, eh. What's what, Jameis has got to show me that he can do this first uh, before I, you know, or what are they going to do at quarterback? I'm sure it's going to be Winston, but I, I wouldn't put them at six. They have the Browns at seven. Um, I, after free post free agency, I would have had the Browns a little higher and I'm biased, but I would have had them maybe at like five behind the bills or maybe six behind the Rams. They have the Rams all the way down at nine. They have Seahawks behind the Browns at eight. Uh, the Rams at nine Stafford. They just signed Deshaun Jackson. Uh, this blew me away and I got to get your reaction here. Pittsburgh Steelers at 10. Pittsburgh has a defense. That is one oh. thing that they do have. But they lo- my, they lost they lost some, a lot on the defense side. They I, lost I Mike know. Hilton. They lost Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Yep. Yep. They they, uh, they they did lose a couple guys, but the way that defense is played, it, I think they could plug and play a lot of specific players because that is a high blitzing defense, and that is yeah. one of the reasons why they're so effective because you almost always see five, six, seven guys going after the quarterback when the ball is snapped. So um, they draft and and grab people to fill specific spots 
uh, with specific type of talents at positions. I don't know if Bud Dupree is going to be as effective on his new team as what, what he was with the Steelers, be, not just for having T.J. Watt on the opposite side, but because of how often um, they did use the blitz a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a I, little bit of fool's gold with yeah. Dupree. Sixty-one percent of his, uh, you know, rushes or, you know, or pressures are uh, were unblocked or chase downs, right? So, yeah, so, you know, that's a, a little bit of fool's gold, I think. Um, yeah, I don't. Juju Smith Schuster's not going to be there, most likely, right? I, I, I think he got signed, no, he, didn't he? he He's he signed back with the Steelers. For okay, 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 okay. I, I completely blew that over. Um, They're going to lose Stephen uh, Nelson. It, it appears. Yeah, uh, and today. and Ben Roethlisberger. Come on. That's where my that's the my, my main point, right? So I know they'll draft well, and I know their defense will be good because they always are. Mm-hmm. But for me, Roethlisberger is done. Uh, the Browns beat him twice in a row to get in the playoffs and then in the playoffs. And, and Roethlisberger has owned them for 17 years of his life. You know, I'm glad he's coming back. I'm like, we got to get two more shots on him on the way out, right? Like, we know him <laughs> that. So, but still, uh, I just don't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to put him at 10 with him at quarterback, I guess. I don't, I don't no, I don't think so either. Um, I, they had a great season last year, and that was because Roethlisberger was getting rid of the ball so fast that no one could even, you know, get anywhere near him. But I guess, yeah, that, that offense that, that 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 was that was the issue. He it was like snap the ball, throw the football, right? Yeah, he could he, you. The offensive line was not good enough to to protect him uh, for for deep shots. If, if teams realize this and start playing a lot more man press and blitzing on Ben Roethlisberger next year, you're going to see Ben Roethlisberger out of the, uh, out of the games. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of issues with him, I think. And uh, he's not the same Ben Roethlisberger that could stand in the pocket and shrug a tackle off like he could, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, in his prime, it was magical, right? You just, Mm -hmm. just throw guys off of him. Um, They have the Titans at 11. Okay. Uh, 49ers at 12. They, you know, they signed Trent Williams, big signing there, you know, on a ass load of money to Trent Williams, oh, uh, just a huge deal. $23 uh, million a year. Holy crap. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and uh, it's really like a three-year deal uh, with the guaranteed money. But, you know, all these deals are inflated to hell. Uh, void years, you know, like the, I mean, it's crazy. Like. The, the Taysom uh, Hill deal. The Taysom Hill deal, right? <laughs> totally bogus. It's crazy. They there's there's no new money in that deal. So they announced it as a what four year, hundred and forty or whatever mm-hmm. they did about deal. There's no new money in the deal. It's just a restructured contract with a bunch of accelerators that'll never hit on the end of it. Uh, they actually saved like six million dollars in cap room on that deal. Ridiculous. Like total bogus nonsense. Uh, out there, a lot of uh, a lot of teams with uh, I don't know why they do that, but you know I guess to I, I don't know to to manipulate the market, but it doesn't really work. Um, but either way, so then we get to your Colts at thirteen. What are your thoughts about them at thirteen? It's fair I, right now because of the simple fact that you don't know who your left tackle is, you don't know how Carson Wentz is going to play, and. Right now, the number one pass rusher for the the Colts is is up in the air. So, uh, I'm I see that as fair. Um, we'll, we'll see how that looks uh, after the draft, though. Yeah, I would have them above the Steelers. I would have them above. I don't know where the Seahawks are. Where, what's going on with the Seahawks? I might have them above the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are too high at eight. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Only only for the simple fact they can't stop the run for nothing. Yeah, uh, and uh, their offensive line. There's a reason <laughs> Russell Wilson wants out, right? right. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, you said it, man. Uh, so yeah, I, I would have the Colts higher than them uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think certainly think that you know a lot of it just depends on Wentz. Yeah, and, and I think they'll address the left tackle, like you said. Probably, you know, Ballard is a really good GM. Uh, you know. We had John Dorsey here, and those guys are best friends. And, yep. you know, I know Ballard uh, uh, 
seems appears to be a, a very very smart guy uh so they have the chargers at 14 and then the dolphins at 15 and that's as far as i went so no new england in the top 15 thoughts on that i think that they're underselling uh what bill belichick has done this offseason uh dramatically i think it has a lot to do with uh, the quarterback situation with Cam Newton. Right. Um, I think a lot of that Cam Newton issue had to do with the fact that he was hadn't played for two years, didn't have a uh, I- any kind of ability to uh, really practice with the team, you know, because of the COVID situation. New team, new, and plus, I mean, unlike a lot of these guys that went to new teams, I mean, he didn't even play for two years prior to that as well. So sure. obviously, there was a lot of issues. Uh, with Cam, I think that this season, as long as there's OT, uh, uh, you know, training camps and preseasons and stuff like that, I think Cam will get in the swing of things. But don't, don't. Here's the deal about New England. I honestly believe Bill Belichick is going to trade up and grab a quarterback in this draft. You think? I think. I think that he's he's definitely because of the of all the players that he signed. And Cam is on an incentive-laden deal. Yeah. And it's only one year incentive-laden. I think Belichick is going to trade up, and he's going to have Cam and that and that drafted quarterback fight for that that starting quarterback position. Yeah, that's that. That's another one of those those deals where they said one year, fourteen million, and it's really like four. Uh, yeah. To start with incentives, um, and one. I mean, some of them are like Super Bowl MVP is like one of the incentives. So like, come on now. I mean, right. Uh, I, I don't really know if he's going to get that one. Uh, I think they're, they're going to go. I mean, they're zigging when everybody else is zagging, right? It appears that they're going to go old school to tight end 12, 13 personnel and run the ball with Cam Newton. And, mm-hmm. and he's on a one year deal. So if he gets banged up, they may be using him for his legs more than his arm. I think. Uh, a little bit. I, I, they'll definitely be a run first team, but yeah. the fact that they are a run first—I mean, they were a good running team last year, uh, yeah. with or without Damian Cam. Harris, and, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, Sony Michelle, uh, who is basically like the power back, even though yeah. he's a, built the same as Damian Harris, their run styles are completely different, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I think that uh, both those—I I think the the Patriots are going to be a run first team, but they got weapons um now i now granted they did have one good receiver last year mm-hmm. um but a lot of people don't know about him you know but well the receiver core was was terrible but uh, i did actually a film room breakdown on um the, the a lot of the patriots actually and i'm trying to get into their depth chart right now because you're talking about uh his name is escaping me but he has like the, he got like the most separation of like anybody in the nfl J- or he was jacoby myers yeah is actually in my opinion the best receiver on that team and i think he's going to have a breakout season this year especially with the fact that they got jonu smith and hunter henry there to That's cover the crazy. middle so yeah, th- this is a dangerous team if they could fix that quarterback position. Weird deal to uh, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he had a good year, mm-hmm. but uh, that was one of the stranger ones. But I mean, man, they went crazy. Uh, normally, though, Lawrence, and you know, we'll, we'll get out of here kind of on this and, and kind of wrap things up here. But the normally with the free agency the teams that spend the most tend to not be the teams that do very well however bill belichick is different i think well uh, he's never done this before well think about last year i mean that was a complete opposite to what we we think about you know the free agency winners uh tampa bay was the free agency winners last year blowing a bunch of money and picking up free agents left and right guess what they won the super bowl um and bill belichick He's using free agency to fill spots that he needs. He's not going out there and going, I'm just signing big names. You know, he's filling spots that he needs that he uses a lot on his roster. So uh, I got to give the man the benefit of the doubt over the last 20 plus years, Bill Belichick's known how to put a team together. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, and uh, spent more this year than he did like in all 20 years combined. Well, last uh, year he didn't have the money. He had like $1 million yeah. in cap space. So, yeah, uh, yeah he, he couldn't do that. So this yeah. year he had the money and he's doing it. Yep, he went out and went out and got the guys that he wanted. So mm -hmm. uh, that should be interesting. I, I think a lot of that may, have, you know, underneath it all may have had to do a little bit with Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl there, uh, you know. Uh, time to recharge and take a run at it. No rebuild there uh, as far as he's concerned. So they went out and spent a lot of money. You know, we are very optimistic as Browns fans, at least I am. I feel like yeah, I feel like John Johnson III, and in between him and Anthony Walker, you got two guys that are like 25, 26-year-old that are leaders now. So, like, on a super young team, the Browns are extremely young. Mm-hmm. And, and talented with cornerstones like Garrett and Denzel Ward. And then you add, you know, and Delpit coming back from injury and everything in the safety room, you add uh, a guy like John Johnson and Walker in there to lead. Like that linebacker room has some talent there, you know, with Mac Wilson and Phillips and guys that can run and stuff. They're just undisciplined and they haven't learned and they're, you know, and Taki Taki. But now you bring Walker in there and hopefully he transforms that room into something new. And I'm hoping the same thing, you know, with with Johnson and Walker, young guys that can maybe transform that whole defense a little bit. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly last year was about the offense and they got the whole offense back. You know, the one question mark was Higgins, so they bring him back. I think the offense is good. Um, and I think another year under Stefanski, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in his play calling and his, you know, what they got going on over there with a run pass combination. And, and, uh, I just feel good about the Browns. I feel like on this list, they would be up there at six or five right now going into the draft. Uh, I think priority wise, they need to go get a long-term solution at, at the, uh, opposite defensive end of Garrett. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I actually, I like the way, uh, Oliver Vernon or, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked how he played last year, um, especially against the Colts, but then again, the, the Colts, his, uh, yeah, uh, the Colts left tackle was out Anthony Costanzo yeah. during that game and, and Garrett and, and Vernon just, just took over that, that, yeah, end. it was, it was ugly. So I, I couldn't really. Uh, get a lot into that situation and know yeah. how much of it was it them and how much was it was because our backups were that bad. Replacement, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I I don't know about your how is Tack and them going to do right. That's the question. That's that's the big question. I, I definitely Garrett is going to take all the double teams when it comes to you know worried about where that pressure is going to come from because that man is just a beast uh in my opinion he's he's a top four pass rusher in the nfl and um teams have to really game plan around him yeah. so you could get somebody somebody that could take advantage of that on the other side of the line then i think then your defense could be uh take massive strides this year do you think they should kick the tires on? Like they were really in on uh, the guys that are on the market right now. Who uh, his name's escaping me? Um, who's the edges that are left on the market? The two. There's two big names. Uh, Hold on, yeah. I'm, it's I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll bring it up here. But uh, he got he played for uh, the Titans last year and struggled. Um, um Clowney. Clowney. Jadavian Clowney is out there. Yes. The Browns, yeah, Clowney's out there. The Browns were in on him for like 17 million and he went to the Titans anyways. They were in on those sweepstakes, kind of like Watt this year. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's worth it, or even a guy like Carlos Dunlap, I think would be a really good fit at this point, uh, opposite him. I think they should kick the tires on him. Uh, you know, he had, kind of had a resurgence in Seattle last year uh, and provided a lot of their pressure. Uh, 
so somebody to look at there, I think. So they may not be done in free agency. I don't know. Uh, they have to finagle some cap room for that. But, you know, the cap is certainly being finagled by everyone right now. So uh, hmm. I, I think that uh, I, I my my dream would be Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia at 26. Hopefully he'd be sitting right there for a perfect uh, uh, draft pick. But we'll see what happens in the draft. Uh, draft yeah, will be fun, though. I'm hoping Jalen Phillips falls to 21 for the Colts personally. But there you go. <laughs> hey, both we both need an edge there in the mm-hmm. draft, so that would be that would be nice. Hey, you know what? Uh, everybody listening, uh, all eyes on Cleveland. Make sure you go to the Colts Law Podcast and uh, pay attention to everything that Lawrence is doing. Uh, great job on the show tonight, Lawrence. You killed it, and we appreciate your your time, Lawrence Owen, host of the Colts. Law Podcast. Thank you for your time, sir. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. Anytime you need uh, someone to talk, maybe, you know, uh, later on next season, maybe I can come back or maybe I could have you on mine. Yeah, or we'll maybe post-draft. We might do a po- we'll, maybe we'll do a post-draft uh, power rankings evaluation, me and you. How about that? That sounds like an idea. All right, sir. Uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar, and we appreciate you very much. Appreciate you having me on. (laughs) And boom, we break from your normal broadcast to bring you this message of all eyes on Cleveland, supported by Manscaped. Now, Manscaped has hooked me up. They hooked Mikey up. I got the T-shirt going. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Um, I hear a pair of uh, high-performance boxer briefs as well, which are truly amazing. And uh, all these grooming goodies, Trims uh, helps trim your junk and keep it dry, clean, and wonderful for the ladies. And uh, the ladies love a trimmed man. I mean, you wear the shirt around, you know that they are going to know what's going on. Mikey hasn't taken his shirt off yet, I don't think. Have you? Yeah. The all deodorant is a uh, absolute incredible idea. I mean, for years and years, deodorants on our armpits. And our balls, why not? They should be putting deodorant on your balls. We should have been doing this since the beginning of time. Around the boys, and uh, as Mikey has been raving about for days, uh, you know, you trim around the tree, it stands a little taller, and and he's very, very happy with his results. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped uh, has the best trimmer in the business, Lawn Power 3.0, third-generation trimmer. Uh, cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And two free gifts a pair of high performance Manscaped boxer briefs. Amazing. I mean, seriously, these boxer briefs are tremendous. Just, I mean, unbelievable. Best pair of boxers I own immediately when I put them in my dresser. Sure. Manscaped Refining the Gentleman. Get 20% off free shipping when you use the promo code EYEZ, E-Y-E-Z at manscaped.com. Now, Big thanks to uh, Lawrence Owen of the Colts Law Podcast and uh, the Colts Law uh, YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, Quickly here, before we get you up and out of here, just a reminder, tomorrow night, 
9 p.m. Cleveland Browns offseason 2021. What's next with uh, the smartest football man in Cleveland? I know Jake Burns of the OBR joining us uh, to talk about what's next for the Browns. Is there more in free agency? Where do they go in the draft? All of that to come. A busy week this week for sure at All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, I, I, you know, I dispute heavily the top 10 uh, where they have Pittsburgh at, at 10th. I think that's a joke. We talked about it with Lawrence. That's an absolutely unbelievable, uh, I mean, a name alone uh, got them there. I just can't believe that. Uh, some news today coming out about the, the draft in Cleveland. April 29th through May 1st, it's going to feature First Energy Stadium, the Rock Hall of Fame, and the Great Lakes Science Center. It'll be on NFL Network, ABC, and ESPN. Two nights, primetime, Thursday and Friday night, the NFL Draft in Cleveland. Uh, Got to represent well for that. It seems like it's going to go off uh, with people there, players there. The commission is going to be there. That should be great. Uh, also, uh, wanted to mention, and this came across... Uh, the the wire kind of during the show. Scott Petrak reports that cornerback South Carolina cornerback uh, J C Horn, who is a stud, um, at his pro day today on his pro day Zoom call, uh, said that he has talked with the Browns. Mentioned this on the Zoom call. He's talked with the Browns, and uh, he called them a team on the come up, and it would be a blessing to be a part of the Browns uh, organization or to be drafted by the Cleveland Browns. So uh, you'll see that probably if you're on Twitter floating around uh, comments from the cornerback, uh, highly uh, sought after, highly touted cornerback from uh, South Carolina, J.C. Horn, saying he's been in touch with the Browns and would find it a blessing to be drafted by them. They're creeping on a come up. So uh, that's what uh, J.C. Horn had to say. Final thoughts uh, tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Any of you following along with it, uh, Browns wide receiver um, Ryan Switzer, uh, formerly of the Steelers, now the Browns. His son Christian has been in in and out of the hospital uh, if you know the details of it, it's pretty uh, traumatic, tragic stuff. Uh, they're looking and searching for the answers they need, uh, the Switzer family. So, uh, you know, I keep retweeting it and saying that, you know, prayer's out. But if you can, send a send a prayer, send a uh, thoughts, uh, positive thoughts and vibes to the Switzer family and Christian as he certainly needs strength right now. And certainly Ryan has been very candid on Twitter, uh, you know, that they are searching for answers. And, I, you know, that's a sad story, and you don't wish that upon anybody. So I urge everybody out there to, you know, send positive vibes their way and and, and send a prayer up for the Switzer family. Uh, with that, we're going to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night to hit it hard with Jake Burns. What's next for the Browns in free agency? Do they have more up their sleeve? Do they go edge? Do they go after clowning? Do they have to go? Do they have to go after Carlos Dunlap? Uh, I would like them to, uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I hear the guys on like Browns, Cleveland Browns daily sometimes, like talking about how the Browns don't have a need in the draft and they can just take best player available. And I, I just don't agree at this point. Like I, I love those guys, but, and I love Nathan and he's been on the show and everything, but I just feel like right now you have to go corner and you have to go defensive end uh, it with your first picks in the draft. And I, I think that that um, takes precedent over everything else. I mean, you have Tack McKinley is not your long-term solution and you don't even know if he's, can be a short-term solution. Of course, they have Curtis Weaver. We don't know what's going to happen there, but certainly uh, something that they need to address uh, in the draft in day one or day two, preferably at 26, I would think. And uh, you know I want Aziz Ojolari or Joseph Asai. I know Asai needs to put on like 20 pounds, but uh, Ojolari obviously is going to be a stud. Uh, Jake Burns tomorrow night. We'll talk it all out. What's next? 
free agency cap room left. We're going to give you that breakdown. Uh, and we're going to talk about the draft, wh- what the Browns need to do team building wise off season 2021 moving forward. Big thanks to Lawrence Owen tonight on breaking down the profile on a walk, Anthony Walker, our new middle linebacker. Uh, this has been another edition of all eyes on Cleveland. Big thanks to Mikey on the ones and twos. My name is Brad Ward, and with that, we are out.